Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. I'm the namesake of this very series, joined as always by my buddies here. The guys, the fellas, sin for the win and Endo are here. Endo is back after missing the last show due to shoveling-related exhaustion. How are you feeling this Friday, though, Endo? Um, a little reference for the past three days. Um... Don't sign up to do snow removal. Um, do you mind if I go on a little tangent about what happened, uh, basically? Yeah, yeah. And we'll see how long the average listen time uh, sustains for this Drop. episode. Okay. <laughs> I'll be. I'll try me very quick. So this will be like 10 minutes. So <laughs> Sunday night, I get a call from my mom of all people. You met her uh, on, what is it called? Mother's, uh, Mother's <laughs> oh, Privilege. Yeah. Episode, we sure have. Yeah, episode whatever. Episode Mother. Of uh, you know, about this privilege, and she says, "Oh, uh, we need you to come shovel. Uh, come out, bring whatever, bring a jacket. Basically, be warm." Uh, turns out that it was the biggest snowfall that we've had so far this year. We had roughly two to three feet of snow, so like sixty, thirty to sixty centimeters. But it wasn't like quick. It wasn't like regular snow. It was like quick. Like you'd you'd clean off like one section of wherever you're shoveling and be back like instantly. Day one. Went from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. Was told to go back out again because it still was fucking snowing. Show up again, 10 p.m., all the way till 4 p.m. the next day. So basically, I put in roughly 25 hours of shoveling and, like, 30 hours of, like, actual, like, livable time. And before the podcast, I told these guys, I said, hey, listen, I might be able to do it. I'm going to try my best to get some energy up. And I slept right through. I woke up at, like, it was, like, 8 o'clock. And that's what you guys were like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm I'm not. <laughs> it was hell. It was hell. Never recommending it again. But I'm going to be doing more snow removal on uh, Sunday. Riveting. Everybody they should make a, 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 a snow shoveling simulator. <laughs> Deke Slayer will play it. Does, I was going to say, <laughs> is it not on Steam right now? <laughs> shoveling simulator. Uh <laughs> We gotta look this up. Oh Shoveling God. Simulator. Uh, there is a, a version of it on Roblox. Yo, so, uh, that's the real metaverse. Shout out to Snow Shoveling Simulator. Oh my God, Fucking Roblox. Yeah. Oh, thank oh you. And if those were wondering, it's not. It was um, commercial, not residential. Fuck, I'm not gonna do residential. That's crazy. That's where the money is. <laughs> gotta work for those big corporations. Yeah, big corpa. Give me that. Shovel the sidewalks. Yeah. And oh, die God. Well, um, at least I can relate to uh, Endo's story. Sin in nice little sunny California. Uh, cannot, for the most part, I'd imagine. No, we just choke <laughs> on smoke in the summers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of spreading like wildfire, how about the craze that's <laughs> sweeping the nation? It's known as taking care of your balls, and you can take care of your balls thanks to our friends at Manscaped, the official uh, presenter of this podcast, of course. Make sure to use code TUGI at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping for a variety of fantastic products to make sure, of course, that you have the right tools for the job. You can shave your balls with impeccable efficiency with the lawnmower 4.0. You can wear the most comfortable boxer briefs you will ever wear. And so much more. Pesky nose and ears hair. Ears hairs. Multiple ears. You have two of them at least. 
Unless you're Mick Foley. Yeah, you got one and a half. That's a wrestling reference, everybody. Nintendo <laughs> gets. Uh, Sin did not. No, I, that's know, okay. I know. I know Mick Foley. Okay. At the very least, Manscaped. Code Toogie. At checkout. Do it. Get it done. Do what you got to do. Take care of yourself, even in this uh, rather ridiculous winter we are currently undergoing. And, of course, as well, make sure to check out our other partner, of course, Thrive Fantasy. Currently, again, you can click the link in the description, no matter what you are listening or watching on, to be able to use code Tugi to get an instant match for up to your first $100 invested Thrive Fantasy prop up today with the number one outlet for player prop bets. Again, at Thrive Fantasy. Use code Tiggy. Uh, for both them and Manscaped. And uh, not only will your balls, th- we'll thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll thank you. And balls. Balls. Gentlemen, with that, to kick off today's show, for the first time in a while, we don't have an outrageous amount to talk about. So we get to dip back into viewer questions. And... There is a viewer who has been wanting a question asked for a very, very long time, and we are terrible, especially me, terrible for not getting to this yet. But we will get to it today, thanks to Scroopy Noopers, which is my new favorite name. I'm pretty sure it's a and Rick they and Morty ask. reference, and I appreciate that to the fullest extent. <laughs> what is your ideal run to a Stanley Cup victory? Which four teams would you like your favorite team to beat? As a Ducks fan, his is Los Angeles, Nashville, Chicago, and Detroit. Screw you, San Jose, apparently. I want to start off with Endo, because I feel like this has been discussed a ton in terms of the Leafs' fandom as to not just winning, but the ideal way to win to make it so sweet, and I know it involves Boston. So, Endo. Your ideal cup run, and I'd imagine the Western Conference team could be a little bit tough, but then again, other Canadian teams. Okay, so here, here's our ideal uh, scenario right here. So, it's this year. I don't know how the hell the Habs do it, but they make it into a playoff spot. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you next year, because that's yeah. not happening yeah. this year. He- hear me out. This is, this is outrageous. This has never been thought before. They make it to a wild card spot. We, we 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 smoke a Habs pack and we just dominate them because they don't have Carey Price because he's out for injury again. So he's completely probably done for the rest of the season. God rest your soul, but thank you. You're not playing. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> then we go on and we play Boston. Mm-hmm. And then we lose. And th- no, and then we <laughs> again. lose. Again. Then we lose. But, but listen, we made it out of the first Round. That's progress, boys. That's progress. That boys, is your Stanley that's Cup. That's our Stanley yeah. Cup. That's your. That is your. That's our Stanley Cup. <laughs> All right. That, You're gonna uh, have people rioting outside your fucking condo, being like, "Yeah, we won." It's like, shut up. You're like 12. Go away. <laughs> Sin. Yes. Your ideal Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, LA. Uh, beat LA in the first round by like a sweep mm-hmm. or something hilarious. Uh, beat Vegas in the second round because fuck Vegas. Uh, Mm. This one's a little bit tougher in the conference finals, but probably, probably has to be Chicago. Um, Mm. Yeah. Just because they've stopped us from going to the Stanley Cup before. They're now, as we know, an actual very, very scummy organization. And it'd feel great to stick it to them. And then 
in the Stanley Cup Finals, man. This, this is the tough one. The last round. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. who would I want to beat in the Cup Finals? Um, We don't have tons and tons of history with the Eastern Conference teams, but... I would want to beat some... Uh, this is, yeah. You know what? Actually, they're, or they're over there now. Probably Detroit. Simply because of the history between San Jose and Detroit in the playoffs. We used to play them a lot in the playoffs, actually. And it would kind of mm. go back and forth. So maybe Detroit, if not that, it'd have to be one of the largest market Canadian teams just to enjoy the Twitter meltdown that would follow. I feel like that's a lot of people's answer. If you're a fan of a Western team is to face Detroit in the final because of that history. Yeah. So I don't think you're alone on that. Yeah. It's interesting. For me, obviously, again, this is the ideal run, so I'm not basing it necessarily off of the standings for me neither. This clearly, season. yeah. Herbs <laughs> um, do it. It's okay. We're used to it. I I I don't view Toronto there. The funny thing is, like, I don't like the Boston Montreal rivalry. Really, isn't as kind of crazy as it used to be. So it's like I want to side with Montreal or Toronto. In round one, but eh, like I, I <laughs> at this point, like I'm sorry, it, dude. It's been almost a decade. We are coming up on nine years removed since the the comeback. Nine years, man. Like I'm I'm over the jokes, even though of course they met in the playoffs within the past four to five. Yeah, uh, did I tell you guys that that was like my birthday present? <laughs> yeah, what? I was like. The, the the comeback game. <sighs> that was the birthday present that I got from Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. Just or just fucking Yeah. You went to that was, game where Boston came back? Or no, was it no, on your no. birthday? It was on my birthday. I decided, uh. hey, I'm gonna watch a Leafs game. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a Leafs game. You know, I was I think at the time I was doing a youth exchange program. People were coming from Vancouver, like I'm over here, experience what Toronto has to offer, and we showed them the L. But then they later showed themselves how they could take an L even worse by turning the city into a fucking landfill uh, for one night. That was the same year that they had the riot. So, for me, I don't care about the order in the East. And again, I, I can shout out Toronto, I can shout out Montreal, even the New York Rangers in a way. Washington. Because that that's a more intense rivalry than most that Boston have going on right now. I'd still put Washington up there. Carolina. Because Carolina have kind of usurped Washington as a team that just, for whatever reason, beats the ever-loving hell out of Boston. And Tampa. Since I feel like you are looking again at Washington, who is coming off of this era of dominance against Boston. Carolina is kind of starting one, it feels like, despite the fact that Bruins beat them in the conference final not all that long ago. And then Tampa, like, you know the gif from Tom and Jerry of just Tom getting spanked ruthlessly? Yeah. Yes. Like, you could put the logos for Tampa and Boston's just getting walloped the entire time. It's it's been bad. It's been bad, and I feel like that would be the most satisfying way for the Bruins to make it. There are a lot of ways, though. And then the Stanley Cup Final. I have talked about how sweet I think it would be uh, for a seven-game series against Nashville or Minnesota after the games I've seen uh, them play against the Bruins in the past week and a half or so. At the same time, 
a rematch with St. Louis or Chicago would be great. Or Edmonton to watch the meltdown. <laughs> there is a continued meltdown in Edmonton as well. It would be revenge for over 30 years ago now. But those are the matchups that come to mind. But admittedly, I think you can tell like there's not that dead set. Screw these four teams. I want to beat them for sure. It's it's tough. The Bruins are in a really weird spot. And I think it's because that separation with the Canadian teams for like the past year and a half, and again, the rivalry with Montreal has really been kind of poor ever since, uh, again, the Habs beat them in the playoffs in the first round, and Milan Lucic threatened to murder Dale Weiss, and then the Habs kicked the ever-loving hell out of the Bruins at the Winter Classic at Gillette Stadium. Hey, make sure to check out the video Endo and I did on that, where I ranked the Winter Classics. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal editing from Endo Mills, and I, uh, I do think you guys would very much enjoy that video if you haven't checked it out. Support the fellas as they try different stuff other than just EA NHL content, sin included, uh, with some of the stuff he's been doing recently. But solid, solid question, I think, all things considered. And uh, intrigued, let us know if you're listening to this. Twitter, Discord, YouTube, let us know what your list would be. Next question comes from AJ. And I feel like we've had questions like this before, but hey, whatever, we'll go for it. Who is the most underappreciated player in your favorite team's history? Tuka Rask. Yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest one every time. And AJ edited this question to say right now. Still Tuka Rask. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a month ago, but it's pretty much always Tuka Rask. Sin, who do you got? Oh, Your most underappreciated player in Sharks history. Oh, it's not in history. It's it's right now. I thought he's... No, it is in history. He, he edited the question. Originally, it was right now. Uh, you could answer for right now, too, if you wanted to. Shit, man. That's it's tough. It's really kind of tough. Why do I feel like it would be somebody along the lines of like a Justin Braun, who was never the biggest name on the team, but was kind of instrumental to that team yeah, being as good like, as they were for as long as they yeah, were. Yeah, he definitely was. Him and Vlasic were were a really tremendous shutdown pairing. But for like individual effort, it's man. It's a tough question. It's very. Give me a second tough. and turn it over to Ed. Yeah, yeah, go to Endo. I need to think. Yeah, I need to think too because I have like one of the. <laughs> I have a team that's from the original six. I could say like, what? I mean, <laughs> so here's why I thought we answered this before because I could have sworn when we were talking about Dion and his retirement that we talked a lot about obviously how underappreciated Fanuf was for being the freaking heat shield for the team because they were trying to fit a square peg into a round hole with him. Mm -hmm. I would also say maybe I undertreated and disrespected, I think, at one point. <laughs> William Nylander. William Nylander because he got so much flack because of that contract. And I understand mm. why they did it. And everyone was like, oh, the year after he, he took so much time off that he's, he's like terrible. I'm like, well, technically speaking, when a player doesn't have a contract signed or on their RFA, they still can't train with the team. They're basically just like waiting in limbo. Like you can do practices and all that back overseas, but you can't practice with teams you are not really signed with them yet. And he had a bounce back after, and he's clearly one of the top players on the team right now. Um, but I think... I think my weird one is gonna be like Phil Kessel, in terms of like treatment, because he got like 
he was like, oh, we love this guy. He's great. And after it was like, he's a bum, whatever, this and that. And the first thing he did when he when he won the Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh, he brought the sick kids on to, in Toronto. That's hmm. that's a that's a good quality guy right there because he knew for God he knew that, that Leafs weren't going to bring in the sick kids, so he might as well bring it himself. Zinn, anybody have uh, officially come to mind? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a few, I think, but. Um... Honestly, for a player from the past, like just someone who was underappreciated, I think would be Ryan Klo. Um, mm. A lot of people don't remember how good this guy was in his prime. Uh, he would s- score goals. Um, yeah, he would fight. Uh, he did literally everything. Like he was the prototypical, at least of the past, the power forward, and it, you know brought so so much to, to the, the Sharks game at the time. Like in the playoffs, especially, he would score goals. You know, rack up points. He'd hit people. He was fighting anyone and he would rarely lose man he, he kicked george peros's ass one time like and scott parker god bless him yeah god bless yeah, him. yeah he beat god the shit out of george man. peros at, and for reference i mean george peros and scott parker used to be like going at it and then jody shelley eventually when he was on the on the shark because obviously peros was in anaheim for a very long time as their enforcer like that was and you know it would go back and forth sometimes parker would beat but Chloe fought him once and just kicked the everlasting shit out of him Peros didn't land a single blow. Everything was blocked. Anyway, Brian Klo was just one of those guys who I think was severely, severely underappreciated. And right now, I would honestly say Eric Carlson's appreciated. Like, ridiculous. Everyone, like, there's so there's this huge, huge portion of Sharks fandom that's just like, fuck that guy. Fuck him. He's not, you know, it's, and I get it because of the contract, but he drives play to an unreal ability and the fact of the matter is there's not enough finishers in san jose to to he would have so many more points if sharks just had more people who could score fucking goals um it's still insane what he's able to do is he what he was in ottawa maybe not necessarily but he's figuring it out now with his you know ankle he can't really be as agile as possible he's still got all the other stuff so that would probably be my other one i think he's really underappreciated Honestly, I think that's fair. I mean, the problem is, right, when they acquire Eric Carlson, it's right back towards the cup. Here we go. And it wasn't that out of the gates. And it's not entirely Eric Carlson's fault. Like, no one will say he was great out of the gates. Like, he has definitely been better, especially this season, uh, than in the past. I do want to mention, I looked up that fight uh, between Ryan Clow and George Paros on on hockey fights, which uh, uh, they do have a voting system. (laughs) Nice. Uh, this fight happened on January 21st of 2010. Uh, there were a total of 197 votes. 192 of them said Ryan Klo won the fight. Yes. <laughs> so that uh, that shows you just how one-sided that particular scrap was. Yeah, the other so. five are George Peros on different accounts. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there fucking no. Well, I can imagine is George Peros doesn't do anything at the DOPS because he's too busy re- review bombing fights on hockey fights. <laughs> oh, in the glory days, yeah. That makes two oh guys complete. George, so, someone slew foot someone again. Can't talk right now. Just <laughs> spin the I'm wheel. Looking at this fight. Yeah. Look at this fight. <laughs> the wheel's waiting to spin it. <laughs> Jason Strudwick kicked my ass. I can't have people thinking that. Uh, 
Oh, absolutely beautiful. That's gold. AJ, thank you very much for the question. And our final question comes from John. He said, after finding out that Darren McCarty is now doing pro wrestling, what current players would make the jump? Brad Marchand. Ryan Reeves. Mm. God, give me Ryan Reeves. The Muffin Man. <laughs> AEW, give me Ryan Reeves and Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm here for it. Oh, my God. Um, God. It's got to be Brad Marchand just for the shit-talking ability. And we'll talk about Brad Marchand a lot today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's He's got to be up there. He's got to be up there for sure. Yeah. Saying anybody come to mind for you? It's it's a bit of a tough one. It is a tougher one. I'm trying to think. It's so hard to find people with freaking personalities in the NHL. Well, that's the thing, right? Do you go for the physical beast? Do you go for the personality side of things? Yeah. Oh my I, god! You know? Yeah, I, I got Subban. Sorry, PK Subban for the for the fourth member of the New Day. <laughs> it would work. It would work. I'm sorry for interrupting, oh, but it's so perfect. God. Freaking big meaty men slew foot and other big meaty men. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of bootios and slewios, <laughs> it's just Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're getting a little little too crazy here. I think personally. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm just trying to buy it some time. No, that's fine. I, I mean, I agree. It's like Marshan would be great. He'd be an excellent heel. And uh, yeah, what else can you say? I mean, he plays. He already plays the part of a heel oh so well in the NHL, yeah. and you can totally tell he's. You, you can totally tell he's legitimately a cool guy. Um, yeah, but yeah, he just he loves being being that guy. Can it be? Yeah. Um, shit, man. Honestly, I would. I would. I know he doesn't. Well, it's Darren McCarty. He doesn't play right now either. Matthew Barnaby. Mm, Matthew Barnaby. Yeah. <laughs> he. I mean, Either that then you can get Darcy down to the Tucker, list of... Because Darcy Tucker Sean had Avery. Sean Avery, too. Oh, my God, Sean yeah. Avery. Just every oh agitator in existence, but especially Darcy uh-huh. Tucker with that fucking face he had, that punchable-ass <laughs> face, Darcy... Little <laughs> lipstick thing he would do. And I will say, he's not an agitator. However, in terms of the most fit, Rod the Bod. Oh my God. Vince McMahon would lose his mind seeing Rod Brindamore shirtless. <laughs> if, I, I will say this if you have never seen Rod Brindamore shirtless, <laughs> holy shit, that guy is shredded. Even to really? this day, this recent. Uh, yeah, he's like, ripped. literally, if you search Rod Brindamore, the number one thing that pops up is, are memes of him shirtless. <laughs> One of which says, um, Jason Mazzotti, goaltending coach, quote, he loves to flex. Like, it's just Rod Brendamore jacked to this day. I love to so, pop yeah, up. So, yeah. Let's... Wow, yeah. <laughs> I love to pop up. Dude, he, he has, like, always been yoked. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, if you're ever wondering where the Rod the Pod nickname came from, oh my it's because the guy... Is jacked. If there's one thing though, if it's Sean Avery in the ring, it has to be with him on the bike. <laughs> Calling everyone a, a prick. <laughs> you stupid prick. That's a- <laughs> well, see, Sean Avery would be the perfect wrestling manager because he could wave the stick to distract the referee while his client cheats. Yeah. He's just going to come out it's with his special- fucking little top hat or his, uh, what do they call uh, that? Shit, fedora his on. move is called the sloppy <laughs> second. <Hey. laughs> <laughs> he just—he'd be a great guy for the mic. Is oh that like God, droning? Like, 
Are you guys kidding me right now? Your piece is... <laughs> Islanders fans, you fucking suck. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Gigantic, thank you uh, for the questions, everybody. Again, I always put up a post on Twitter. The Discord is another great place uh, for uh, particular viewer questions. Now... I do want to quickly segue our, ourselves towards a, a segment that I am going to label the hockey world sucks sometimes. Uh, I don't know if we're going to go fully in-depth with all these conversations, but again, I think there are three topics that, A, at the very least, it, it's garnering a lot of the conversation. So let's at least acknowledge them and, of course, move back on to laughing about dumb stuff such as Sean Avery being a wrestling manager. The first uh, is the most recent incident to have come out, and that is that the AHL has announced that the San Jose Barracuda's Christoph Hrabic has been suspended 30 games as a consequence for using a racial gesture in a game against the Tucson Roadrunners on January 12th. Uh, the word is Harabic uh, uh, imitated a monkey's movement towards a mama, who of course is a black man. It was spotted by the Roadrunners bench and confirmed via video of the game. This is not the first incident in the AHL alone uh, involving Boko Amama, of course, most famously uh, just about two years ago, almost two years to the day, uh, there was the incident involving defenseman Brandon Manning, who was only suspended for five games, which is some people's takeaway. Hey, from five to 30, at least that's something. But yeah, we have another incident here, and I mean... Like, obviously, this isn't even the first time this season, and obviously, I'm sure there have been a bunch of racial incidents that haven't been uh, reported, but, you know, we started off this hockey season uh, by having to mention another former Tucson Roadrunner in Jalen Smerick, uh, who was over with Don Bass, and he ended up leaving the team after a racial incident there, so... Again, it's a reason why I title things uh, The Hockey World Sucks Sometimes. I mean, this is... It does obviously. It doesn't matter who the hell this guy is. If he's a nobody or if he's one of the faces of the league, this is horrific. This is idiotic. It just so happens that it happens to be a 22-year-old undrafted guy who uh, probably just punched your ticket out of North American hockey success. Uh, not that you were tearing up the AHL anyway. So, good job there, friend. Obviously, I mean this applies for sin. It involves the San Jose organization. And Endo, you are quite outspoken in terms of uh, incidents like this, obviously. You were literally sitting here, for those not watching the video portion, just rubbing his hands together, being like, can't wait to talk about this, yeah. and I know you were looking forward to as well. I can't say anything beyond, of course, what a fucking scumbag this kid is. Uh, I'm sorry, but man, people act like, oh, 22 years old, it's just a, it's a kid, it's a learning experience. You're 22 years old, man. There is no excuse whatsoever. We need to stop saying, like, oh, uh, 16, they're such a young person. 22, they're such a young... No. No. They're old enough to know better. Plain and simple. Yeah. You're old enough to know the weight of that action. You're goddamn well old enough to know you shouldn't do that. It, and if it's even in your 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 behavior at in an anger moment or whatever the hell you want to call it, then there's something in you that is fucking racist. And, and another thing. It's always racially charged or racial gesture. It's a racist gesture. Why do you have to? Why are mm -hmm. they always trying to soften the language around it too? It's like they think it's gonna reflect poorly on them. Guess what? It does because you've let yeah. this go for too long, and it should honestly, at this point, be zero tolerance policy. 
I, I'm sorry. Like, I, it, any other job, you get outright fucking fired for this. I made this point on Twitter. Any other job, mm-hmm. if you do something like this, you're fired. You're gone. You don't get to work that job anymore. I don't care how good you are at it. You, you're not allowed to work at the company anymore. So we yeah. talked about, if you have another point, feel free to interject no, again, and then we'll throw it over to Endo. It. It's just, yeah. We talked about two weeks ago, the Hockey Diversity Alliance and the video that they put out. I had to look it up. That was on January 8th, four days after this, you have an incident happening like this in the AHL. It's, I, I, what can you even say at this point? And you have large, large hockey uh, creators saying, uh, mocking certain commercials like this and say, oh my God, they've gone woke and it's, yeah. I mean, I'll say to that, and again, we'll end it, we'll hand it over to you here in a second. I mean, I'll say to that, the idea of like, obviously you could get into that entire thing. Like there are some people who try to just label anything that could be involved as woke or cancel culture as automatically a, a negative thing. Whereas, obviously, an incident like this, it's not a matter of being woke, it's not a matter of cancer culture, it is a matter of someone being a goddamn racist. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the idea is like, oh, well, one racist incident doesn't make someone a racist. It does. (laughs) If it doesn't, it pushes it pretty damn close to the line and much closer than you should ever want to be. Endo Mills, your thoughts, sir. All right, so here's uh, something that I want to talk about as well. Um, something that I found out is, um, remember we talked about a Vander Kane uh, being on the Barracuda? This is a weird connection yeah. I'm going to get to. Uh, he was suspended from the team on the 10th, I believe, officially, from the, the, the there's a paper that went out that he was, uh, he was suspended from the team. Less than 48 hours later, this incident happens in the Barracuda organization. What mm. the fuck? <laughs> I'm pretty sure if Evander Kane was still there and he heard this, heard this happen, I'm pretty sure he'd smack the fuck out of his own teammate. Like, what the? What are you doing? You, as a as a hockey player, you have the privilege. Remember, it's a privilege, not a right. A privilege to play a sport for fans, for people in the suits, for you get to play a sport that you love and to go out there and do some racial bullshit to someone else who's already had this done to him. Forget the fact that, that, that Imam has already had this done to him in the beginning. It's, mm-hmm. it's it should have happened regardless. Like when you're upset, you don't just go make fun of the guy's ethnicity or make a racist gesture towards it or any sort of remark or whatsoever. It, it, it's not necessary at all. You can say, oh, it's a shit call. Yeah, fuck you, whatever. But to go after a guy just because he, it, it, it why? I'm, I'm never going to understand that. And it's something that I never really understand, like, either growing up, too. It's like, why do they, why do they hate me because I look different? God, I don't fucking know either. I still, I still don't know this, this very day. Um, but I think 30 games is the bare minimum the bare minimum of what they should be doing to him. This is definitely sending a message to the league, if not the hockey world, that this is not going to be appreciated and accepted at at all whatsoever. The timing uh, with all this is just like, you, you can't, you can't make this up. It's, this is life. And it, it sucks that this happened 
also two years basically from the day that Imama had the incident happen with Brandon Madding. That was a five-year suspension. I think that was still a little bit light as well. But now we mm. clearly see the AHL just stepping their foot down and being like, you know what, we got to get it. We're getting this out of the game. And I did say that uh, Harabic is supposed to be going through a um, like a racial training program as well. Uh, I believe the whole the San Jose Barracuda also said they're going to go through that as well. They remove that out of their vocabulary. I mean, it's, like, here's like, the, it's, 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 it's words. what they have It's to words do. at this point. Like, it, like yeah. you could say you're going to do something and then actually do it. How many times have we heard that from things that we enjoy entirely it's like oh we're gonna remove this and work on this and you know we're gonna make it a better space for everybody and then the stuff like this happens and then nothing gets done i would rather these brands and these companies if they're not gonna actually put the effort to do something into it just be silent just just don't even try if you're not gonna make an actual effort into doing it don't say you're gonna do something and then turn your head the other way and have us basically go, well, what the fuck are you doing and having to call you out on this bullshit? Like, do these people not have any self-respect for these communities that they're trying to grow into the sport of hockey? How is this going to grow? How is this going to help someone who is maybe from certain areas and like, oh, I want to get into hockey. Well, this guy just got called the N-word on the ice. Get you to call them, like, got, got called a monkey on the ice. How is it going to grow the game? It's not. It's just going to keep going back and back and back. And it's... It's... It's time for us to move on and just work together to make this a better space for everybody. That's my take. It's obviously not uh, just an imminent, uh, you know, just a, an issue limited to hockey. Um, but when it happens in a, on a hockey context, we are a hockey podcast, and it obviously needs to at least be brought up. Um, yeah, obviously we could get into. Uh, so many like (laughs) the fact that people are even trying to make a conversation out of this in terms of oh well what what if uh, uh, well he's from Slovakia and or Czech Republic and different that's a fact no everyone knows my girlfriend's from Russia I'm black she's dating me what's the difference it's it's learned it's and it's not racism and shit like this is taught there is nowhere in the world if you just take one random person, put a random person over there, like, why do they look different? Oh, they're just they're just that. You, you mm-hmm. teach hate. You th- there is nowhere where I've seen just it's it's just it's it's mind blowing. I I have no words to to explain how I feel about this because I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I already had an I had an issue with someone else the other earlier today uh, in regards to certain words also relating to racism about. A uh, what is it? A lead developer for NHL 22 and certain comments about him about Rammer, and you didn't see this? No. Oh, so someone said that because they lost the game in Hut Champs, uh, that uh, some very choice words for Rammer. I believe uh, Rahil posted it on there uh, on Twitter as well. Basically, very derogatory things towards uh, Rammer and his wife, and. Rammer for being Indian and certain stereotypes behind that and basic general racist remarks. And then they doubled down and then we got the channel, we got the account banned and all that. It's gross. There's no place for that stuff like that. And I'm glad that people are calling it out more and your actions have consequences. Don't be a fucking racist. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, what you had mentioned and the good thing is it looks like a good amount of the uh, NHL community kind of rallied around that and uh, that person deleted their account already, which is promising. 
and obviously, you know, that's it's just one of those things. It is very, very much a continued issue and habit. And even if it's something as small as someone in the EA NHL community sharing fucking very racist tweets and thoughts to see them get snuffed out and to have them essentially get deplatformed, I'm all for personally very much so. The second thing, again, there is no great way to discuss this, so we're not really going to get into it. We're still kind of waiting to see what's going to happen, but there is all the stuff going on about Reed Boucher as well, which, again, only reason I wanted to mention this in relation to the other topics here is that you have this continued issue of, well, someone's talented in hockey. Ah, we can we can ignore this and let them continue to you know, thrive and have their chance, even though they've already blown it. And the reason why I mention this is because, and again, for anyone who hadn't read up on the Reed Boucher thing, right, it's a flat-out mention, you know, a a sexual assault trigger warning here in a sense, but he did some really scummy shit as someone at an age who should have fucking known better, didn't pay for it then, probably isn't going to pay for it now. Why do I mention it? Because we still see stuff like this happen. Mitch Miller. The Arizona Coyotes, they draft him. Oh, he's actually a scumbag. We'll renounce the rights. He's still getting a chance. He's still playing in the USHL right now uh, with the is it the Tri-City Storm or something like that. Regardless, yeah. he is still getting an opportunity to further himself in the sport of hockey. This is a continued issue where you talk about the accountability from a, a racial sense. You talk about accountability from just being a general piece of shit sense. There is no goddamn accountability still, for the most part, in hockey, and obviously in other sports too. We we kind of look at the NFL and be like, okay, where's where's the accountability and the conversation over how things have changed? Where if something that happened a decade ago happened now, would it be handled the same way? And unfortunately, with the NHL, Reed Boucher was drafted about a decade ago. The only thing that's changed with Mitch Miller is that the Coyotes renounced his rights, but he's still getting a chance in the hockey world without showing really any sort of uh, remorse or having apologized, at least according, of course, to the mother of the uh, the man that was uh, involved in that incident on the other side of that abuse. So that's all I wanted to mention, boys. If you don't want to speak to that at all, it is perfectly good and understandable. But again, it is something that's happening. It's another conversation that's happening. And I think it does tie in with the, the lack of accountability and uh, the general bullshit that still persists in the hockey world. There's just so much more that happens and so much more that we probably don't know about. And mm-hmm. that's just the unfortunate part. And it's as much as it sucks, as much as it hurts to read and, and see some of the details, it, it has to be said because it, we, it has to be brought to light. And I'm, yeah, that's all I really got to say. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, these sort of things way, way too much. Uh, and, but again, it's necessary because it plagues hockey and it's not freaking cancel culture to, t- to ask that these people get fucking held accountable because that's what happens in the real world it should i'm sorry not what happens all the time but it should happen and that's all we're asking for is that people face the consequences and the final thing uh again in our little hockey world sucks sometimes segment is a follow-up in a story that came out about jim matheson following the uh pissy incident with Leon Dreisaitl, where again, accountability and someone being a scumbag yet still being given their chance to have 
the career that they earned because their talent. It's just bullshit. Uh, a story was told by George LaRock, former NHLer. Uh, and it has made the rounds in the aftermath of, again, that incident with Dreisaitl, uh, where Jim Matheson stirred up conflict between George and another former NHL enforcer, Brant Myers. Uh, Myers was recently out of rehab, and it was apparently his first game back. Jim Matheson claimed that Myers was talking shit about LaRock. So LaRock fought him that night, broke his orbital bone, and effectively ended Myers' career. George then called Myers and asked why he was talking trash, only to find out from Myers that he never said a damn thing about George LaRock. LaRock then went and asked Matheson, who admitted essentially to making it up. And this is somebody who is still allowed his goddamn platform. How are you even in this situation to be able to sass Leon Dreisaitl because he won't fall for your bullshit tactics of trying to get a good answer of him lashing out at the media or throwing teammates under the bus so you have a good headline? On the ice, off the ice, scumbags in the hockey world have continued to allow to be scumbags. For the most part, it might be getting better in some regards, but holy shit, do we have a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, that guy is, I've, he's pretty awful, most of his takes that I've seen. Most Edmonton fans that I know don't like I, him. I have never seen his name brought up for a good take. No. Not once. It's never. And I don't get how that person still has a job. Well, I know because of what me, you and I talked about last time, too. He is harvesting hate clicks, and that's what really the media, media has become, and that's what, oh, great, a scumbag is, you know, will flourish in that. But yeah, that dude, to... to to create a drama like that that affects someone in that way, I don't get how the NHLPA wasn't all over that. To 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 remove Matheson like from you like literally he he essentially contributed to ending someone's career by stirring up drama which wasn't true whatsoever to get a story to have something to write about. That's insane to me that he's still allowed in the press to have a press pass after that and not to yeah. mention the dry saddle stuff like and ugh, ugh, it's just gross yeah and i wanted to bring that up mainly so i mean you could give your thoughts on that and the matheson thing in general since you missed the last episode uh where do i start <laughs> i you don't have to if you don't want okay to. I'll, I'll be i'll try and be very brief with this but i think matheson's conduct during that interview and during that basically it was i'm not going to call it an interview i'm going to call it harassment because it's basically him just trying to get a rise out of him for the sake of clicks um where do i where do i begin with how i feel about this i just i think it's i think it's scummy i don't i will never agree with um harassing a player or individual players do not have to give responses whatsoever. You could pull the Marshawn Lynch and be like, I'm just only here so I don't get fined, which is the appropriate answer. I believe in any sort of situation, just, just tell them like, you know what? I'm, I'm here. To, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this because I'm not going to take a fine. I'm here to play the sport. We're in a slump. What do you want me to say? You want me to say something bad? So you get clicks on your title. Of course, that's exactly what you want, but I'm not going to give you that because I don't have to do that. Technically speaking, players are paid to play games, do endorsements for the team, and fill out duties in such order. They don't have to. They don't really have to speak to anybody. They could be completely quiet, shell shock in the corner, and do nothing. There are some obvious some obligations they have to do, but they don't have to fully do anything that media has or says for them to do. That's not on contract. 
And I think in this case, I'm all for Leon Drysdale getting pissed about. Matheson's he didn't even question. really get pissed though. Like Leon was yeah, pretty he was just very dismissive. Yeah, he was, and I don't blame yeah, it. Like, like he dismissive. remained level-headed. Like I, it's Matheson yeah. trying to get something, and then Drysdale simply wasn't. Yeah, poor choice of words on my end, and I guess, uh, yeah, you're right. I think it's I think it was terrible on uh, Matheson's end to basically freak out that he wasn't getting the answer that he wanted, and he basically pouted like a little child. You're yeah, supposed and, to be a Hall of Fame reporter, and this is how you act with a generate. I'm going to call Leandro Aceto another generational talent because he's 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 there. He's at that level to, of production that you could call him another talent, not on the same the same level as McDavid, but nearly at the same level. So with that, we'll move on from uh, some of the less fun topics, and we'll we'll move on to some of the other stuff that we have to talk about. Again, uh, it's always a rough. Transition, but God damn it, as long as this stuff keeps happening, I mean, I, I'd rather talk about it and bring the mood down than ignore it and have people be like, so you didn't think that was important enough to talk about? You know, that's why we talk about these things. Mm-hmm. We have one little general topic here before we move on to our day-by-day, and the reason was this team didn't play a game over the past three days since our last show. The word is out surrounding the Chicago Blackhawks that they have made everybody potentially available to trade aside from three players. Seth Jones, not overly surprising. They just acquired him, signed him to that big deal. That's not surprising. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Got to stick with those two. Boys, your your initial reaction, Sin, because you had a... Yeah. Um, it's the organization hasn't changed one bit. <laughs> they're they're rallying behind Taves and Kane, even after everything that went down. They're just, again, hoping it goes away. They're sweeping it on the rug. Aside from that, from a hockey only standpoint, saying that Alex suggesting someone like Alex Debrinkit is not untouchable is fucking stupid. He's literally mm-hmm. your best player. He should be the he is going to be the future captain. Taves is proven to the hockey world, he is not a captain. He has proven that. And if he hasn't, if the organization thinks otherwise, then again, terrible organization, which I guess we all know really well. But yeah, um, I'd take an Alex Dabrinkit in a heartbeat. That's a kid who can play hockey. That's a kid who understands the weight of, you know, the situations that we saw, like Kyle Beach and stuff like that, and how much that affects and how to actually speak to it and, you know, condemn those actions. Because that's what's more important, not sticking up for and saying, oh, I didn't know this person was bad. Fuck off. That's not the issue. Like, it's he. I don't get that, how the organization has him available. Like, that is insane to me. Like, are you, what are you saying? You're going to try to win now? If you're going to have 30 plus guys as your new core? I mean, I've sat here on this show for how long now and said, name him captain. He should be the next captain. Yeah. Alex DeBrink. <laughs> Has 32 points in 39 games this season with 23 goals. Five points in his last five. Ten points in his last ten. Just the the idea of somebody that talented, that young still. 24. Just the concept of you saying he is not 100% a part of our core. And that you'd be willing to move him. 
good, good God, <laughs> the stupidity. <laughs> like, like Dominic Kubalik, I, his name was thrown out there. Like, I can understand that. He hasn't had a good season by what you would expect from him. Yeah. Brandon Hagel, if you wanted to cash out on somebody who might not be able to duplicate what he's done, but at the same time, why wouldn't you stay loyal to a player like that? Like, oh, you've developed this guy out of nowhere. Just, we consistently see NHL teams trying to one-up one another as being uh, those on the pedestal of dumbest GMs, dumbest front offices in the league. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, Chicago's on the podium at the very least. I I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Oilers are next to him with that meme, biting the metal and popping the champagne, but then they're on the lower one. <laughs> oh you know. my god! <laughs> I forgot about that one. Holy shit! Oh man! Oh my god! I forgot about that. My my aspect here on this scenario is, I wonder how Alex the Brinket feels about hearing that out of all the things that you've said and you've made bigger and better statements than guys who are the captain, assistant captain, assistant captain on certain issues that are happening in hockey to basically be told by your management, probably unofficially that you are tradable. That'd be a slap in the face personally True. to me, but a hundred percent at the same time, everyone should be tradable. In my yeah. opinion, here's the thing: if I, if I'm, mm. if you're Connor McDavid, and someone offers you, uh, like five first rounders, um, well, maybe, and maybe that's a bad example. Connor McDavid's probably the only untouchable person realistically in the NHL. There's a few, but like, like I, I heard in this interview, like from a GM and stuff, like he's like, or I think it was actually. What's that old fuck's name? Who he said GM for Brian Burke. Thank you. Yeah. He was like, he was like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, I heard him with his, with his half, with his, Brian, un, I'm sorry. With his undone tie. He was just like, I never tell a player that he's untradeable. So not, you come in here, someone offers me, you know, three first rounders for you. I'm trading. I'm like, that you know, that's reason the, why. Yeah. Anyway, like, Go, go yeah. ahead. yeah, like that, that's I, I, the whole, like, Oh, these players are untradeable, man. You you would like you would trade a Patrick Kane for a fucking Austin Matthews or a, a Connor McDavid. Like it's just and you know ever ever it's it's essentially a rendition of everyone has their price. But so like mm. from a from a hockey standpoint, you got to kind of understand that as a player, it's a business. You're gonna get traded. Doesn't matter how important you think you are. If someone gives a deal too good to be true, you can get moved. But I do agree with kind of the uh, what you were saying about like. To DeBrincat being like, if he's not mentioned in that conversation after what he's done, that's kind of like, okay, interesting. Uh, I would, yeah, uh, he would, I don't know, I can see him yeah. leaving. I hope he does. His morale, his morale just went from presence to neutral. <laughs> Solid franchise. Hey, there. I don't even do franchise. That's all on YouTube. <laughs> oh, God. So, Chicago, good job. You're, you're doing great. Keep it up, sweetie. We'll move on uh, to our day-by-day. Day. Uh, we'll start off, of course, this past Tuesday. So, and I uh, had recorded a show there. And, uh, oh, boy, Tuesday. Um, worth noting, first game that happened, at least it was on the, uh, the scoreboard there, the Islanders beat the Flyers 4-3. to three. The Flyers down to 13-8-8. We'll talk about them in a little bit as well because something interesting has happened there. But arguably the biggest game on Tuesday, the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Boston Bruins 7-1 to 
on the night that Willie O'Ree had his number finally retired. By the way, shout out to Wayne Simmons, who put out a really touching post calling Willie O'Ree his idol on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, I, I go back and forth on the idea of do you retire certain numbers league-wide or not. Um, I think you could retire Willie O'Ree's number for what he for what he meant. I mean, if you're going to go with that idea of, oh, who deserves to have their number retired, I'd rather see Willie O'Ree's number retired than Mario Lemieux's, personally. Yeah. But, hey, maybe that's just me. That's not disrespectful to Mario Lemieux, but think about what Willie O'Ree uh, meant to the sport of hockey and, the uh, again, what he did. Not only, of course, you know, first black man in the NHL. He had a very long career as a professional player while blind in one eye. <laughs> the man's a goddamn legend. Properly respect him, please. Um, rough transition, but uh, I will say the Hurricanes didn't uh, respect the proper legend in Tukarask on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> sorry for trade the transition. Him. First, trade him. Oh, my God. So, again, <laughs> it was 7-1. to one. Cock in the Emmy with two goals. Uh, Svechnikov, Tara Vinen, both in double digits for goals. Seth Jarvis, strong rookie of the year. Uh, you know, nominee, perhaps, his seventh of the year. Bergeron got the lone goal for the Bruins. Thankfully, the the ass kicking was probably overshadowed thanks to Brad Marchand on Twitter um, oh, <laughs> or Instagram uh, going at it with the Carolina Hurricanes first in in response to him essentially being compared to Vinny Trocheck with the uh, Prius Lamborghini comparison, which was interesting, and then of course the uh, there was a the hit for Trocheck. It's not like he lit him up, but there was a hit for Trocheck, and you know the. Hurricanes kind of, you know, gave it to Marshawn a little bit, only for Marshawn to then give it back to the Hurricanes. It's been a real interesting week. Uh, Brad Marshawn versus the Hurricanes, one of the greatest uh, Twitter rivalries of our time. But again, Rask, I, I don't even remember what the actual stat line was because I try not to pay attention to it. It was something like five saves or five goals against on seven shots or something like that. It was... It was rough, and the team looked brutal. And I mentioned the Hurricanes kind of owning the Bruins. They have outscored Boston 10-1 to in their past two games. 10-1, to which is just something. Uh, yeah, God. Carolina's a great team. And, yeah, the Bruins, the Bruins got smacked a little bit. And you could say, oh, levels to the game and everything, but it was a rough game. But the Bruins did bounce back. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, for Marshawn, I also want to mention the, uh, the Twitter and Instagram game. Uh, called out Oilers fans who threw jerseys on the ice, uh, saying, hey, don't be surprised when McDavid and Dreisaitl don't want to stay. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Uh, And then there was also the moment where, again, like the duality of Brad Marchand has probably been the most uh, commented on thing in in this past couple of days as he uh, had that moment in the pregame last night where he took a kid's phone who was by the tunnel and just walked into the tunnel with the kid's phone and, like, recorded a message for it. <laughs> just really weird, but kind of sweet. Like, Brad's had a really interesting week, is the best way to put it. And I choose to remember that than the Bruins getting absolutely destroyed by Carolina on Tuesday. Again, 7-1 to one the final score. Boys, there were like six different topics within one game there. I don't know if either of you yeah. have anything to mention or we could just move on. No, I mean, I just, like I kind of mentioned before we start recording, I I think, yeah, Brad Marchand's just... Oh, I know, we actually were recording at the time. Yeah, I already kind of said what I wanted to about Brad Marchand, so... <laughs> and, uh, how do you feel 
about Brad Marchand at this point? Um, I think it's a unanimous feeling where you have Brad Marchand as an enemy, you hate him. You have Brad Marchand on your team, you love him. He's, you can, you definitely see the big like uh, like polar opposites in his personality, I guess, where you see he's he's brashful when he needs to be, but he's also humbling when he also wants to be as well. He's definitely one guy who's he's he's probably like a very awesome dude. And it's weird for me to say awesome dude, but like he's probably just like the coolest goddamn guy in the locker room. But when he has to hit that switch to go on, he's on. He's ready to go fight and be a pest on the ice. Off the ice, I'm pretty sure he's like one of the nicest guys there. But that's that's hockey. That's uh, I, I, the quote Sean Avery of all people. You play a role sometimes, and he's found his role, and he's good at it, and he's sticking to it. He was sticking to his guns. Definitely still crosses the line uh, from time to time, though. I'll point that out, of course, so it's not universal praise for the man. Uh, also on Tuesday, the Sabres beat the Sens 3-1. to uh, Want to shout out Dylan Cousins. Still one of the best nicknames in the game. Ninth goal of the year. He's been pretty solid. Drake Batherson's 11th for Ottawa. Uh, both these teams very, very far off the playoff pace, to say the least. The Washington Capitals beat the Winnipeg Jets 4-3 to in OT. Alex Ovechkin's 27th of the year. 27 goals for Ovi and I believe 40 games now for the Caps this season. What do you think he's going to hit? The pace is in a way slowed down a little bit, but he's on a 50-goal pace this year. Does he hit it? 45. I think he's going to hit 45. Sin? Yeah. I, I want him to hit 50. So, yes, he absolutely is. I think he's going to hit it, too. At the very least, I want him to. So, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Wilson scored his 12th. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, as well, uh, for the Jets, got to mention it, Kyle Connor, 21st of the year. Trade in the back. Trade him, trade him to Boston, please. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, 16th of the year. That that trade, like, all the hype around the, the Dubois line A deal is, has died down, obviously. And you can't totally just look at the... Um, you know, the stat line for Line A this year, because obviously, you know, some time out this year that you can't blame him for, of course, with the passing of his father. But Dubois, at least from a stats perspective, has been really, really good for Winnipeg. And again, I think all the kind of hype and talk around that trade, uh, about a year on now, right? I can't remember exactly when that trade happened, so it's understandable that the hype died down. But uh, respect to Pierre-Luc Dubois. I actually want to look that up as to when that trade happened. January 23rd of 2021. Wow. So we're literally uh, two days away from the uh, one-year anniversary of Line A being uh, dealt to the Blue Jackets, which is still very, very bizarre, all things considered. The Vancouver Canucks beat the Nashville Predators 3-1 on Tuesday. Um, The Canucks moving to 10-3-1 under Bruce Boudreaux, outscoring opponents 39-30 in that time. Their 2.14 goals against per game in that time ranks first as of December 6th. So uh, they're scoring more goals. Thatcher Demko is standing on his head. Bruce, Bruce, there it is. Uh, I mean, aside from that, too, and I, I'll ask you guys a question about the Canucks in a second. I also want to shout out the Canucks uh, signing Rachel Dory, who formerly worked with the New Jersey Devils, uh, was a part of the Staff and Graph podcast, and she has now signed on with the Canucks, which is... Fantastic. 
uh, in, in conversation with the Canucks, though. Right now, they are at 39 points in 39 games. San Jose still occupies the second wildcard spot at 44 in 41. So the Canucks are five points back with two games at hand on the Sharks. With that, I don't think we can officially rule out Vancouver for being a potential playoff team this year. No. Not at all. The Pacific is an absolute horse race besides Vegas. Like, Vegas, in my opinion, is, like, really the only lock. Everything else in the Pacific. Colorado. But not, I think I mentioned Colorado there, too. Oh, the Pacific. Sorry, I thought you meant the West. No, no, no. Yeah, the only lock in the Pacific is Vegas. Yeah. Everything else is just who the fuck knows. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Seattle and Arizona, who are just completely out of it. (laughs) Seattle always always seem to beat all the good teams. So, Endo, I imagine you are uh, very much siding as well on the idea of, uh, of Vancouver being alive. I mean, you were big on the Bruce. There it is. Yeah. Um, definitely you see the power of what a new coach can bring in with a new lifestyle. I've seen videos of just the general interactions between like, uh, Boudreaux and the players in practices being all energetic, but still being kind of strict and just being, it seems like there's a lot more loose air there and players are allowed to be more creative and it's showing on the ice. I mean, now they're that they're even out of 500 right now, uh, and for point percentage and, so far, so good. Who knows how long this will last? If they, if they make it into a playoff spot, like it make even like a wild card at this point, it's sky's the limit. To me, I think that's a win for them in their organization. The Montreal Canadiens beat the Dallas Stars five to three, which is shocking to me. Uh, Christian Dvorak two goals on the year. He's up to seven uh, for the Stars. Joe Pavelski sixteenth goal of the year. I will continue to mention Joe Pavelski as much as I mentioned Jason Robertson because I know it makes it, it makes Sin smile to know that Joe Pavelski is doing well, even if it's for a different team. Yeah. Yes, I miss him. <laughs> and he's an awesome dude, an awesome player, and good for him that he's still finding success, even though the Stars are kind of in the same sort of spot that the Sharks are in record-wise. Oh, so the Stars are four points back of the Sharks with four games at hand. Let's trade for Pavelski. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's um, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous just how tight that wild card race is to this point. And, of course, a lot of teams that could turn it around, and we'll talk about that in a minute too. Uh, the Calgary Flames scoring one of their biggest wins in recent memory, beating the Florida Panthers 5-1. to one. Two goals for Sean Monaghan, up to a grand total of six. Uh, whereas former Panthers Sam Bennett scored the lone goal for the Panthers, his 16th of the year, Sid and I got to talk about Sam Bennett a little bit on the last show, if I'm not mistaken, and it is ridiculous just how good Sam Bennett has been as a Florida Panther. Make sure to catch last show where we talk about that stat line specifically. Uh, and the final game on Tuesday, the Lightning beat the Kings 6-4. to Victor Hedman, two-goal game. Stamkos has 19 on the year because, again, he is one of the best goal scorers of a generation. It's just a shame he has uh, had the injury troubles, of course. That he has had. Wednesday, only a couple of games to talk about, but a few interesting talking points. Endo might enjoy one of these games, maybe not. Uh, the Coyotes beat the Devils four to one. Devils down to 14, 9 and five. They are they're boned. The injuries they have, no Dougie Hamilton, uh, they're boned. Uh, 
do want to mention, though, in regards to this game, uh, and this is a, uh, from Elliot Friedman uh, on 32 Thoughts, quote, I think Florida has let it be known that they're deep into the conversation of trading for Jake Chikrin and that they're, prepa- they're prepared to do what it takes to get it done. Also mentions that the Kings, Ducks, Blues, Blue Jackets, and Rangers have inquired. The asking price, and I don't know if this was legit, but this was the asking price that was circulating the other day. Anton Lundell, Spencer Knight in the first, or somewhere in that realm. What? For Jake Chikrin. I cannot help but think that that is ridiculous. Was that Kevin Weeks certainly not true. Kevin Weeks saying that? I don't know who the hell said it, but Jesus, he man. was the one with that like, ridiculous no way. price for Eichel or whatever it was, and he lost yeah. all like, credibility. <laughs> <laughs> like obviously, there's no chance in hell that's happening unless you're getting Jake Tricken, uh, Clayton Keller, and a first round yeah. pick in return as well. Tricken isn't that good. Like he's solid. Don't get me wrong, but that's an, that's what you trade for like a number one defenseman. Tricken is not that at all. I don't right. know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Anton Lindell's been great for them. Yeah. There's not a chance that the price is actually going to be that high. Uh, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where he goes. I mean, I think it is kind of smart. I mean, for Arizona, you could talk about keeping him. But at the same time, by the time that rebuild is done, he's going to be pushing 30. And, well, do you, you know, is it better to just get assets, some, you know, pretty solid assets, presumably, just nothing that ridiculous um, instead. So... We'll turn it over to Endo for this next one. As the New York Rangers beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-3 on Wednesday, the Leafs blowing a 3-1 lead again, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan Reeves with his first two goals of the season. Adam Fox with a two-goal performance. And Chris Kreider with his 25th of the year. Uh, on the flip side, at least Ilya Mikheyev scored again for his sixth of the year. Yeah, Endo Mills... Toronto a- at 24, 10 and 3, but uh, there are some scary, scary signs there, sir. Yeah, like McKayev going care. to free agency. McKayev <laughs> got a got a goal. Don't give don't give a damn. Okay. It was one thing I love is the consistency to leave bad not bad players, but lower lower echelon talent wide open in the goddamn slot. They always overcompensate and they always trap on the one side. It's as if we're playing Isho and and that and 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 we're the Maple Leafs because it's just oh my god. The fact that Ryan Reeves almost had a hat trick last night would have been hilarious. I think the greatest thing that came out of that game was the day after when everyone was posting the um the video of Ryan Reeves going around in in Rangers practice asking people what the Super Bowl prediction was. And you can see his edge work. He's catching up with Chris Kreider, and he's keeping up with them. Ryan Reeves, uh, like uh, basically an enforcer guy, is keeping up with one of the fastest guys in the league, Chris Kreider. Wait, Chris what? Kreider's fast? He's faster than he's crashing than that, when he's running from getting a Super Bowl prediction. Because, yeah. Hmm. I think Chris Kreider has some wheels on him. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, not, some... obviously, like Matt Barzell territory, but... I think he's underrated in that regard, perhaps, yeah. at least from what I've heard. And so are Ryan Reeves' edges. Holy shit. If you look at that video, he's he's like legit, like still keeping up with them. I'm like, yeah, but he didn't have a he didn't have a stick either. Don't matter. He's asking about the Super Bowl prediction. That's all he's gotta do in during games is just ask people for Super Bowl predictions and he'll catch up with them for sure. 
Uh, but for the Leafs, terrible. Um, yeah. What 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 what, <laughs> what more can Sheldon Keefe do? Um, get fired probably. Uh, but what is that going to really gonna do anything? No, he's he's a good coach. Just the the they're not performing well. They just can't keep a lead. I'd rather them be down and then get the goal and like then win. Because every time that I see them have a three one lead, I instantly bet for the other team if I ever get a bet. I just I'm like you know what I'm just gonna give you fucking ten bucks on there whatever and I've had decent payouts for it and that's a sign that something needs to change, please. But who am I kidding? I don't care until playoffs, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're trying at least. I'm trying. I respect so it. hard not to give a damn about these boys, but just you're 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 no okay. I already have enough heart issues the- as it is. Okay, just stop this. I think the problem for Leafs fans is you want to just be like, okay, playoffs, playoffs, they're going to make the playoffs. But at the same time, you're seeing these warning signs that if they don't clean it up and they make the playoffs, they're going to blow it again. Yep. Spot on. And shout out to Ryan Reeves. Uh, Further proof that, again, uh, fourth liners, for the most part, uh, still more talented than basically anybody that, you know, the sport of hockey, even if they play a role. Yeah. and on Wednesday as well, to rub salt into the wounds, the Avalanche shut out the Ducks 2 to nothing. Francosa shut out, and Nazem Kadri scored his 15th of the year, continuing to be one of the league's top point producers, Nazem Kadri. It brings us to Thursday, and here's what we're getting into some of our, uh, our big, big talking points here. Uh, the Bruins beat the Capitals 4-3. to Two goals from David Pasternak. He's up to 18 on the year. Again, he has Holy been on shit. fire over the past month. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's up to eighteen already now. I remember when we it were wasn't like that long ago. fifteen, like twenty. Wait, like we were a solid amount dude, into like, the season. He only had like four goals. <laughs> and you, dude, two weeks, less than two weeks ago, we said he was on eight goals. Jeez, <laughs> what? what a beast! He's, he has been absolutely unreal. And actually, now that I look it up, because Elite Prospects again, one of my favorite sites on earth, I'll give them that free promotion. Why would I not? I do on Twitch almost every single night. Um, I'm going to look up his, uh, his last 10. All right. David Posternock in his last 10 games. Goal total, gentlemen. Take a guess. For who? David Posternock. How many goals? In his last how many? In his last 10. He's well, got two hat-tricks in his time. I know that. Uh, Endo, your guess. I'm going to go 14. Okay, well, you both went over by Price is Right. Well, it, it is 10 and 10. He has 13 points in his last 10 games, 10 goals. There you go. You were. Um, he also has five goals in his last five. <laughs> so, yeah, no, David Posternock has been just setting the world on fire as of late. Um, Jake DeBrus scored his sixth of the year. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. Uh, and Charlie McAvoy scored the game winner, his sixth of the year, with 45 seconds to go. Thank God. Now, I've talked a lot about the, the Caps and the Bruins, and uh, Ty Anderson on Twitter had this. The Bruins' last 10 games against Washington. They are 6-2-2 two, and two, and have outscored the Caps 37-30. to 30. The previous 24 games before that, Washington absolutely destroyed the Bruins. The Bruins went 5-13-6. and six. Um, or at least I guess this is the last 24 games in general. Uh, the Caps outscored them in that time frame, 74 to 51. Shout out to Braden Holpe, who was the cause of many, many nightmares for a long, long time. 
against the Washington Capitals. Absolutely hated it. In this game, Garnet Hathaway boarded Brad Marchand to check from behind right in front of a referee. You could not be any closer to this referee without making actual contact with the referee. He had perfect sight line to it. He didn't call the penalty, but the center ice official saw it, and he called it a two-minute minor for interference on a play where Brad Marchand uh, was injured. He will miss at least the next game. We do not know how many games Brad Marchand will miss currently. Brutal, brutal hits, and wouldn't you know it, no subsequent look, not even a look, from the departments of player safety. Between that and his snub for the All-Star game and how vocal Brad Marchand has been, as we've talked about already today, hmm, that's all. Hmm. He's not, he's not playing the old boys club game. He's doing his own thing. He's being his own person. Can't have that. Just a, a big piece of shit with his personality. <laughs> How dare he? Just just brutal, man. Like, just brutal. There is no... There's just no excuse for it whatsoever. There really isn't. Uh, I'm obviously not completely caught off guard by the DOPS dropping the ball, but at the same time, my God, just... Ugh. And at the same time in that game, I do want to mention it. Uh, one of the hits of the season is uh, Tom Wilson absolutely freight trained Anton Bleed. Uh, it was clean, but devastating. Bleed's also going to miss the next game. So in the meantime, Jake DeBrusque, who did score in this game, as I mentioned, will be on the top line with Patrice Bergeron and Craig Smith. <laughs> Sorry. Top line. And it includes Craig Smith and Jake DeBrusque. It, poor Bergeron. Uh-huh. Um, that's pretty rough, and that just goes to show you kind of how thin the Bruins are right now in the scoring department. Uh, looks so familiar, though. Their presumed lines from Cap Friendly seven hours ago, heading into their next game on uh, Saturday afternoon against the Winnipeg Jets. Top line, DeBrusque, Bergeron, and Craig Smith. Bergeron has 31 points in 36 games. He's still Bergeron. Craig Smith, as I've talked about, I, I like him, but he has 13 points in 30 games. That is not good enough. You are on a 30-point pace for $3 million. Mm -mm. Need at least 40 for $3 mil, I feel like. Or to be and a Jake great DeBrusque, defensive player, which he's not. And Jake DeBrusque, making almost three and a quarter, has 12 points in 32 games. Oof. Jake, if you want that trade out of Boston, here's your chance, buddy. Have a good couple of games if Marshawn's out and maybe get that value up because, again, it's not working. Their second line, Taylor Hall, 26 points in 37 games, not too bad. Still not quite what I'd want for $6 bucks, but not bad. Eric Halla, 14 points in 36 games. He is also essentially on a 30-point pace for uh, about $2.5 bucks. And David Posternock, 34 points in 37 games. Now, that second line has been pretty good. Hall and Posternock together has been pretty good. It is a little bit worrying, of course, to see Eric Halla as the second-line center that's helping that line work out. Uh, Nick Felino, six points in 24 games at $3.8 million. Yikes. 
Uh, for those who uh, can do the math, that is a 20-point pace for $3.8 million of Nick Foligno, who is under contract through next year. Charlie Coyle, 16 points in 37 games. He has been moved into more of a defensive role, but still 5-2-5 for just over 30 points for Coyle. Mm. And then Oscar Steen, who uh, is making close to league, man, 5 points in 12 games. Uh, we call him Quadzilla. Feel free to look at the uh, some of the pictures of Alex Steen's quads. Uh, it looks fake. I will be honest. You mean Oscar Steen? It looks Steen? fake. Yeah, Oscar Steen. I said, I said. You said Alex Steen. Did I? Yeah. Oh, fuck. What are you going to do? The second time yeah. you did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Oh, well. Uh, and then their fourth line is projected to be uh, Thomas Nosek, Curtis Lazar, and Stephen Fogarty. Shout out to Rangers and I think Sabres fans who know Stephen Fogarty as the guy who played in Hartford or Rochester. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm worried, man. I'm a little bit worried. Just a little bit. It's a bit concerning. Jake, please have a please have a good game. The Dallas Stars on Thursday beat the Buffalo Sabres five to four. My my favorite, Jason Robertson, two goals, up to fifteen on the year. I love this kid so much. Rupe hints is sixteen. Tyler Sagan had a two goal game for twelve. Uh, the Sabres in losing the 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 stat that I saw that to clearly like outright designed to agitate Rangers fans. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin scored his seventh of the year. Dahlin has more points. He has 26 and 40 games. Then Lafreniere and Capo Caco combined. Lafreniere has 11 points in 38 games. Capo Caco has 14 in 36. Dude, Lafreniere, man, if he doesn't start showing signs of improvement. Like for a while they got going and then they just, what, stopped again? Yeah, basically. Yeah, we had talked about a slow start and then they picked it up and we're like, oh man, don't we look foolish. But now you look, man, we're approaching that midway point of the season, Yikes. and it's it's a 30-point pace, essentially, for both of them at best. Like, Lafreniere, dude, first overall. And he was, like, hailed as, like, oh, he might be as... He was, like, supposed to be really good. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of revisionist history, I feel like, to minimize the um, the hype level surrounding Lafreniere. I was going to say, terms... like, wasn't he, like, hailed as, like, kind of like a... It, like, I don't know. I, I heard something well from the French Canadians, like, oh, it could be as good as McDavid or something weird like that. Like, I wouldn't say it was that high, but the hype is still pretty far up there. And it's kind of led to this conversation uh, that I've seen a little bit now from the Rangers fan base in terms of like, well, they can develop a goaltender. Granted, you could argue how much they really developed Shesterkin. I mean, he was playing in the KHL, yeah. he was playing against men for the whole time. But in terms of like who they've developed, We'll go back to like 2018. 20 games of Vitaly Kravtsov, but it has not worked out. Uh, they've gotten some games, of course, out of Keandre Miller, Nils Lundqvist. Both look pretty good. That's it. Uh, 2017 draft. Elias Anderson. He's with the Kings. Not doing so hot either. And Philip Heedle, who's okay. He's doing okay, but he has 82 points in 222 career games. That's not setting the world on fire for a former 21st overall pick. Their 2016 drafts. Basically nobody. Sean Day, two NHL games, both with Tampa. Defenseman Tarmo Renanen, four NHL games. Tim Gettinger, 13. Like, you look at the Rangers draft history, 
as uh, I think we're good to go. It looked like a Cameras. webcam turned it's off, off now. Yeah, All that's right, weird. cool. Yeah, disc- Discord like <laughs> mini crashed on me there, so apologies yeah. on the video side. Um, I'll actually have to make a note of that. <laughs> Got to timestamp that bad boy. Um, <laughs> just to make sure it's not too weird. Um, point being, though, you look at the Rangers and their lack of development. It has pretty much been since the 2013 draft that they have seen like a really solid kind of return on games played so far outside of the 222 games of Heedle. That was the Bushnevich draft. But then Duclair's in there. He hasn't done much. And Ryan Graves didn't play much for the Rangers either. Like The Rangers draft history over the past decade, if not dipping into decade plus, has been a little bit shaky. And I mean, I'm, like I said, you can look at that list of guys that they drafted that aren't there anymore. And the returns that they might have gotten for him, or if they just kind of walked. Like I, I mentioned Anthony Duclair. Obviously, they just traded Pavel Bushnevich, which was a mistake. But even Anthony Duclair uh, was traded for Keith Yandel back in 2015. Oh, um, yeah. Didn't uh, it's 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 been rough. It's been rough for the Rangers. I think is the best way to put that. Yep, and. It's not looking that much more promising. Like, you know, again, I'm not sitting here saying Lafreniere and Kako were busts, but they were expected to be able to deliver a little bit more sooner than they have. Now, for the Rangers, uh, they are still atop the Metro division. So it's, it's working out in a sense. They'll be real scary. But at the same time, I look at that Rangers team and I say, do I think they are legit or do I think it's great goaltending? Given that they've surrendered the fourth fewest uh, goals in the league so far, yeah, and offensively, uh, they're mid table. Yeah, it, it's what it comes down to for me. It's I think they're rushing dudes a long way too quick. Like Capocacco is only he's not even twenty one yet. He'll turn twenty one next month. Lafreniere yeah. was like mm. essentially just trapped these. I don't know. I feel like they were kind of rushed into these roles. They're held to too high of standards, and this might be shaking their confidence. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for the for Lavernier, he was directly compared, um, mostly to Sidney Crosby because being from from Rimouski and having the record yeah. as well with him. So that might be one way to do it as well. Another thing that may have stunted his development was the closure of the leagues due to COVID, and mm. the QMJ and the OHL and WHL. They're all shut down for a little while, and so a lot of players were forced to go over and play in the end because they weren't having the um. At the time, I believe the the there wasn't any wave rule to let them go play in the A. I mean, I know later on some players ended up did playing in the A. Uh, one option that I would love to see NHL teams do is grab these players that are playing dominant in like the Q or the O or the WHL instead of having them play out there and just dominate over top of them. Send them over to Europe. I, I want to, teams to use the loan program more often. Because there's a lot of different ways to play the game in Europe. You can then instead of playing over here in North America, I think it would be an interesting pathway to see how players end up changing or if their style ends up becoming more adaptable and more used to playing against actual grown men in a wider rink and to see if it have any effect into the development in the when they come back to North America. All fair conversations, I would say. Uh, I want to mention for the Sabres in that game, too, when the loss, Dylan Cousins ended up at this 10th of the year. Jack Quinn scored his first of the year, his first career NHL goal, and then immediately gets hurt because Sabres fans can't have nice things. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Currently scheduled for an MRI is the uh, the, the last thing I, I had seen. That shot in was regards so to Jack sick Quinn. too. Like that was a great shot. Quick release. Perfectly played. I can't believe it. Dude, Sabres are literally cursed. Yeah, this comes from Lance Lazowski of the Buffalo News on Twitter. Uh, Sabres GM Kevin Adams told reporters that Jack Quinn suffered a lower body injury during the game on Friday and will miss some time. Having an MRI today to reveal severity. So, uh, you know, I said they can't have nice things. The only nice thing they can have, apparently, is the fact that uh, they announced they're bringing... They're bringing back the goat head, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Next season, bringing back one of the best jerseys of all time. For those on the video portion, the lovely goat head. It's coming back. I'm excited, mainly because I got to be honest, and I think a lot of jersey collectors, I don't know if you had the same opinion, some of these old CCM jerseys aren't the most comfortable things in the world. Uh, you know, I think the make of jerseys have gotten a little bit better. These jerseys were great for like putting over a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Shout out to shout out to JP Dumont, by the way. Fuck you, JP uh, Dumont. <laughs> um, God, those jerseys are hard to track too. That is what we want in terms of reverse retro and bringing back jerseys. Now we just need the fishermen. Bring back the Gorton Fisherman for the oh, Islanders. Man. There's a couple others in there. The Pooh Bear. I do have an original Pooh Bear as well for the Bruins. But bring that back. Dude, it's a license to print money. To just bring back these designs and make them more acceptable. I get certain jersey sellers will be pissed that the market might crash. But it'll never entirely crash. People are going to want the OGs. It's a license to print money. What are you doing? Keep this up. Keep bringing back these jerseys. Good on you, Buffalo. I am 1,000% going to get one. 1,000%. Definitely. Also, uh, Maple Leafs, please bring back the tube sleeve, like, jerseys. Those are beautiful. I love... You don't, You guys know what the one's talking about where it's like the... Uh, yeah, I think I do, yeah. put yeah, blue in another sleeve. place? Yeah. <laughs> they did. Make they a did new good. jersey, Maple Leafs. Okay. Let's get I had a concept. I had a concept for a jersey that I wanted to get done, even personally. was like, you know, like, the Summit Series Canada jersey? Just that, but it says Toronto. Beautiful. It was the one with the weird-ass leaf on the bottom, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a modern jersey. Have that for your next-generation game that they love to do. Where it's like, oh, we gotta make it, like, kid-friendly, have different uniforms and all that. That'd be a sick uniform. That'd be sick as an alt. It would be more creative than what mm -hmm. we've typically seen. I'll give them yeah, that. Yeah, so they redesigned the logo, and it looks like an ass on the bottom of the leaf, apparently, so... <laughs> Yeah, people are like, oh, it looks like a hiney. I'm like, what the f that's a that's a stem of a leaf. The f God. The Columbus Blue Jackets beat the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday. I had no good transition out of that. They won two to one. Uh knocks the Flyers down to 13, 9, and 8. This is the second 19. 10 game winless streak this season for the Flyers. 40 games played. 10 win uh two 10 game winless streaks so 50% of the time they're just winless like it like at a time they have, uh, I, I said that wrong but anyway that's hilarious I know what you meant that half their season has just been horrible streaks they have won 5 of their last 25 games lol They are currently 14 points behind the Bruins for the second wildcard spot, and the Bruins have three games at hand. They're cooked. And I saw this on Twitter. 
There was an optional team skate today. Five players showed up. They've lost 10 games in a row. Five players showed up for an optional team skate. That team is cooked. The mentality is cooked. They're boned. Do we know who the five players were? Uh, I can try to look that up really quickly while you guys just give your thoughts in general, but it's a rough, rough look, man. Yeah, that, that sounds... What? Go for it. Go for it. Just, I just... Like, how else do you think you're going to get out of a slump like that? You need to work with your team, and maybe they need a coaching change. Maybe they'll have a, the same effect that Vancouver does. Maybe that team is just cursed. I don't know. It's... I don't know what it is. Maybe they bad Kale. They bad Nolan Patrick too hard. Now they're cursed as the franchise. Uh, you know, I don't. I just. It's it's just weird to me that like only five guys show. I get it's optional, but still, like you're at a slump. You need to get out there and and get back on the ice as much as you can without obviously getting injured. But put effort in now. I'm finding it difficult to find, or at least to be able to one hundred percent. Uh, confirm the five, but the names uh, I see being brought up uh, Claude Giroux, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindblom, Justin Braun, and Cam York. Makes sense to me. I know Bronner would be out there and Giroux would 100% be out there. It just sounds to me like the room has just been completely lost and mm-hmm. not great. That's just that organization just needs a, obviously a complete overhaul. I, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's that's that's pretty brutal. So please stay. They free. fired their coach already this year too. <laughs> oh my God! What is wow? Ugh. Yeah, remember they, and they fired just changed um, GMs recently, didn't they as well? Yeah. Oh my. Heading God. into the year, they fired Elaine Vigneault this year, and just brought in a new GM. Unfortunately, Cap Friendly uh, is failing me here. I can't quite remember in terms of the uh, the new. Uh, no, Chuck Fletcher is still the Flyers GM too. Yeah. He's been there for a little bit. So, man. It's time to trade uh, Giroux. For Philadelphia, they are fortunate. It is time to, to trade Claude Giroux for yeah. sure. For Philadelphia, they are lucky. And while this is the perfect segue, I'll, I'll quickly mention a couple other things before we talk about this. But they are lucky that there is a different team that wears orange that is currently more of a tire fire than they are or that are at least grabbing the headlines more than they are. That's pretty much all. The only positive you can say for the Flyers right now. Yeah. So to get to that last talking point, quickly I'll mention the Penguins beat the Sens last night. Uh, shout out to Jake Gensel, 21 goals on the year. Josh Norris had a two-goal game. He's up to 18 on the year now for the Sens. Uh, the Preds beat the Jets. Again, someone like Dubois continuing to score. Uh, shout out to Ryan Johansson, who's had a decent little comeback season. He has 12 goals on the year. For Nashville, they needed that. He still makes $8 million a season. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche beat the LA Kings 4-1. to uh, Good news, Quentin Byfield made his uh, NHL debut in that particular game. Um, shout out to Mika Rantanen, who scored his 21st of the year because the Avs are gross. Uh, the Seattle Kraken beat the San Jose Sharks 3-2. to Two goals for Carson Soucy. While Hurdle and Meyer each scored their 21st of the year. Sin, any uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, Sharks showed up for the first 38 seconds of the game. And uh, then they got just handled. I don't know why. It just always feels like they play down to these terrible opponents. It's like, wh- why are you playing down to people anyway? You're not even in that great of a position. Uh, it just... <laughs> 
They've always seen the There's do not that, too so. many teams to play down against, yeah, exactly. but they still find a way. They still fucking find a way. It was just not a great game. And the fr- it's the most frustrating thing, like, with their power play to me sometimes or with these extra man situations, particularly at the end of the game. They do all this perimeter passing just for Burns to take a shot from the furthest point away into the ice, goes into just tons of traffic, and it becomes a 50-50 puck that gets cleared out. It's that's I don't understand their power play. It sometimes it looks good, but then when it doesn't look good, it looks absolutely awful, and they don't change it up. Like it's there's so, all they do is like there just needs to be more move movement. It's it's all puck movement. Well, everyone stands still, so it just the opponents just collapse and it doesn't get anything done. It's the but more than that, it's just I they still have yet to really been full like sixty game eff- or sixty minute efforts from this team, and that's just very annoying. The Vegas Golden Knights beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-3. to uh, Jonathan Marchessault scored his 19th of the year. For the Habs, Tyler Toffoli scored his 7th. Mike Hoffman scored his 6th. Michael Pozzetta scored his 4th. Michael Pozzetta has two fewer goals than Mike Hoffman. And he's only played one more game than Mike Hoffman this season. Everything has gone wrong for the Habs Love this to year. See it. Cough. Everything. They are 8, 25, and 6, and are currently the worst team in the league. Uh, with Arizona now jumping up to 10 wins on the year, the Habs are the last team with less than double digits in wins. They have 8 and 39 games. And sin for the Vegas Golden Knights, you called it. Peter DeBoer, head coach of the team, was uh, and former Sharks head coach, of course, was quoted in saying Jack Eichel is still a month or two away from the Golden Knights debut. Jack, we will see you in the playoffs when we don't have to worry about the cap. That is exactly what that is. I mean, it's the bar's been set, and they have every excuse under the sun, even though he's been on the ice. Like, well, you know, it's a neck injury. You don't want to rush back a neck injury now, do you? This is a, you know, a surgery that's really never been done before. Ow, it's... Yeah, uh, something's got to change because this Caps version is only going to get worse from here on out. Now that now that it's been shown to be successful multiple occasions, mm-hmm. it's going to just keep getting worse, and it's stupid. And it brings us to the final game to talk about from Thursday night. We had to have this be the main event because why not? The Florida Panthers beat the Edmonton Oilers 6 to nothing last night. Two-goal game for Sasha Barkoff, up to 17 on the year. Verhage's 14th, Duclair's 17th, and Sam Bennett's 17th of the year. A shutout for Sergei Bobrovsky. He is now 23-3 on the year with a 9.25 save percentage. Panthers looking great. For the Oilers, multiple jerseys were thrown on the ice by the home fans in attendance. The Oilers have not won a game since December 18th. Holy of course, there was the shutdown involved. Wow. They have not won a game since December 18th. Yikes. The Coyotes have more wins than the Oilers, essentially since American Thanksgiving, the date November 25th specifically. <laughs> Don't believe that was the date of Thanksgiving, but essentially, again, it lines up. Connor McDavid has not scored now in eight straight home games. First time that's happened since his rookie season. God, I want him to request a trade so bad. Their next move seems pretty clear. They have waived Kyle Turris, opening up a little bit over $1 million in cap space. 
seemingly clearing room for Evander Kane. As well, I do believe Ryan Nugent Hopkins was put on LTIR today. Ryan Rashog of TSN had this to say. My sense is a coaching change is not eminent, at least as of today. It's going to be a day-by-day process. A poor result effort, uh, poor result slash effort against Calgary, and there likely won't be any choice. As far as candidates, if change happens, Glenn Gullitson, on an interim basis, seems the most likely. I don't understand that. If it's not imminent, how's it going to be a day-by-day process? That kind of means that a coaching change could be imminent. I think he meant imminent as in, like, it won't happen today. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't understand. <laughs> Phrasing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Bottom line Tire is, fire. we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Yeah. You literally had a week or so ago, Ken Holland mentioned, well, oh, we can't fire the coach. We've had so many coaches. It's been the same conversation for the past month. Nothing has changed. Maybe hire nothing. some people who've never coached before. I don't fucking know. <laughs> stop, stop getting the same coaches and GMs. Yeah. I just... What do you even say at this point? Like, Glenn Galton's been the head coach for the Dallas Stars for two years. He was the head coach for the Calgary Flames for two years. I don't think you coach a team for only two years and still get to carry the label of being a good coach. They would have held you for more than two years, but he's apparently the backup plan. I don't even know, man. Who's, who's like, who, I don't even know. Who are these people related to? How do they keep getting all these jobs when they're so shit? I don't right. get it. So I'm looking. I'm looking at Goldson's a uh, hockey DB right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Played a lot of time. WHL, C- CWAA. What's his played coaching? I- yeah, his, his playing record over here. He played for the Las Vegas Thunder. Nice coaching. Uh, co- coaching WCHL Fresno Falcons. That's after he retired as a player, turned to a coach. Did the Las Vegas Wranglers of the ECHL as a head coach for a while. Uh, had some Can we get to the relevant ones end up? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought like NHL record. What's his NHL record? Not good. Um average average performance, but just not like good at all. He's never made it out of the first round, just like Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, not good. Oilers fans, I I don't know what to tell you. You know? Call back I don't back. know what to tell you. I mean, I don't blame them. They must pay for well. the uh, jerseys on the ice, and I mean the friends. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, yeah, like I'm looking at his coaching record now too, right? Uh, and again, 2011 through 2013, like I said, he was the head coach of the Dallas Stars. They didn't make the playoffs either year, mm-hmm. um, and then made the made round one with Calgary, and then missed the playoffs the next year, and then got fired. And he's been an assistant with the Oilers since 2018-19. Uh, this idea of oh, we're at the point where we're potentially going day by day. You guys haven't won a game in a month. I don't care if there was that break through Christmas where a bunch of Canadian teams, if not all of them, didn't play. Man. It, it's, it literally is, we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Yeah. Evander Kane isn't going to stop that team from getting scored on and then just visibly giving up. It's not going to happen. Like That's not going to change it. We have already seen with the Vancouver Canucks, you get a new voice in the locker room, good things can happen. We have seen it with the St. Louis Blues. You fire Mike Yo, bring in Craig Berube, crazy things can happen. 
and instead, nothing. And they're just they're just gonna stick with this. And at this point, if it wasn't already, it is just a complete indictment on the ownership and the tippy top of the management structure for essentially being okay with this. They haven't done anything. And at this point, we look at the standings, and again, as I mentioned, the Sharks are still second uh, in that second wildcard spot in the Western Conference. The Oilers are currently six points behind the Sharks. They do have five games at hand. Imagine, imagine having Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and being six points behind this Sharks team. They have won in three fewer games the same amount of games as Vancouver. They are on the same, uh, you know, I mean, again, if they win their next game, they'll have the same amount of wins as Dallas. And in general, with their 18 wins, again, games at hand for the Oilers compared to a lot of teams, but right now, as it stands, even with the games at hand, they have fewer wins than Anaheim. Who thought at any point heading into this season the Oilers would have fewer wins than Anaheim, at least in terms of reputation and what they should do and their aspirations? They have fewer wins than the LA Kings. They have significantly fewer wins than Nashville. They have the same amount of wins as Detroit and Columbus. It's an outright disaster for them. There is no other way to put it. Them being towards the bottom half in terms of point percentage, like behind Anaheim, in terms of point percentage, we've talked about the issues over and over again. My only hope for Oilers fans is that something changes soon. But I don't know if you can hold your breath. Like, if you're an Oilers fan, you have to outright root for that team to essentially get embarrassed by the Calgary Flames. Uh, which that game, if I am not mistaken, is Saturday night. You have to outright hope that your team gets embarrassed on home ice by Calgary. And maybe, maybe something will change. But why is, why is Leon Dreisaitl so pissy? <laughs> Gentlemen, we end this show on a bit of a low note. At least for Oilers fans. It is what it is. Uh, in lieu of, of changing to a mightier topic, I'll be flat honest, I'm going to end the show and I'm going to go watch Anthony Fantano's new video about how the uh, the emo fest there is rather sketchy, which I think, Sin, you might have mentioned oh, that yeah. yourself. It's, it's so fucking sketchy. I, I don't trust it. I'm not even going to... Nah. Like, even, even without COVID, I, I ain't going near that shit. <laughs> that does... Oh, God. That seems like oh. an absolute disaster. Plus, it's put on by those fuckers that did Astral World, so... Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, good. Um, the car alarm. This is the when you were young tournament thing. Oh yeah, tournament. Yeah, the the concert. Yeah, tournament it's thing. uh, it's sketchy as shit. So I'm gonna go watch that. Uh, you know, kind of forget some of the stench of some of the the, the shittier things we've had to talk about hockey wise. Oh my god. Sin won't say anything because there's a car alarm going off and it's perfectly fine. You can catch Sin on YouTube, of course. Sin for the Win Productions. You can catch him with me and sometimes with Endo Mills over on Twitch.tv forward slash it's still nhl gamer for now of course uh, undergoing the rebrand to uh to sports gamer but again check out nhl gamer every monday tuesday wednesday and thursday sin and i there every day except for tuesday actually it did rebrand to sports gamer.gg yep. did it full rebrand it overnight. did it's, it officially rebranded i gotta get used to that i gotta <laughs> get used to that twitch.tv forward slash sports gamer.gg 
You can catch Sin and I three times a week over there doing some lovely esports commentary for NHL 22. You can catch Endo Mills on the Twitch at Endo Mills, of course. And you, if you're listening to this, I'm everywhere at Tookie24. You know that. A big shout out uh, to our friends, of course, again at Manscaped and at Thrive Fantasy. We will see you all next week. Have a lovely weekend. And for Oilers fans, good luck. Go Flames. You, you got to do it. You got to root for the enemy on this one. Go Flames.